welcome to Rebel Hearts, a podcast dedicated to the rebel girls and riot girls in the music industry and why they matter. Each episode will feature songs by bands you just need to hear. So if you think you're ready, I will see you in the front. Welcome to the first episode of the Rebel Hearts podcast. My name is Sam, and this episode is going to cover all the stuff that I'm going to be talking about in this podcast and where the name came from and pretty much all that. So let's just dive right in. Uh, so where the name came from. I knew I wanted to do this podcast for a pretty long time. You know, I've been studying women in music for a while. Um, a lot of my friends are actually getting involved in doing stuff with women in the music industry. My friend Danny, who you'll hear me mention a lot, is doing a documentary on women in the music industry. And when that finally comes out, and the days leading up to it, I will certainly be talking a lot about that, even interviewing her and all that good stuff. So um, I just needed a name for what I wanted to call this, and I knew it had to be something special. Um, one thing that I've been looking at a lot recently is the 500 Days of Summer script because I own it because it's one of my favorite all-time movies for plenty of reasons. And um, in the script, the I believe the director, Mark Webb, of the film, he wrote an introdu uh, introduction to the movie slash script, same thing. Um, he says a line that really, really got me. Um, he said, pretty girls with rebel hearts are in high demand. And I love that line so much that I almost got it tattooed on me. It didn't happen, but um, it just came to me. And I was like, rebel hearts, that's what it's going to be. And especially that tagline, pretty girls with rebel hearts are in high demand. Basically talking about the manic pixie dream girl trope. But either way, I thought it was a cool name. So um, rebel hearts started basically... Since I bought Cherie Curry's memoir of a memoir of a runaway neon angel that came out in 2010, when I was reading that, I fell in love with reading about the Runaways. I loved the movie about it. Everything was just super cool, and I just knew that women—they're awesome. I love them. Um, and then it began to spiral once I saw the documentary on front woman of Bikini Kill, Kathleen Hanna, titled The Punk Singer, which is on Netflix. It might still be on Netflix. I saw it a while ago. But I didn't know anything about her. I didn't know anything about Bikini Kill, even though they were around in the 90s. I didn't know anything about the Riot Girl movement. Really anything. So when I saw that, I was hooked. I was hooked on, you know, learning about um, the Riot Girl movement, all of that stuff, which led me to read the book um, Girls to the Front by Sarah Marcus, which is what the first title of this podcast is called. It's the tagline, Girls to the Front, that I will be using in my intro. I think it's great because women should be at the front of shows. You know, they shouldn't be afraid of being, you know, treated any different than any boy up there, you know. So that's really, that's the intro to why I started this, but why am I doing this? Like, who am I to really do this? I'm not really anybody special. You know, I just really 
wanted a safe space for people to come and listen to um, bands they may not have ever got the chance to hear or they just wanted to check out but never did and who knows maybe your favorite band will be featured on this podcast um, I'm going to be trying to do interviews with people that I know personally, people that I don't know personally, hopefully one day. Um, just really anybody who has a band and wants me to play them. So, <laughs> so um, that's really all it is about me and why I started this. So instead of, you know, making this one episode of just stopping right there, let's just go right into it. So I want this first episode to be about the woman who started it all for me. You know, I mentioned Kathleen Hanna and uh, Sheree Curry, but those weren't the women who got me to really, you know, realize that women were strong and could do anything. And started before I, you know, discovered them in 2010 and 2013, I believe, when I saw the punk singer. It all started, and if you already know me, you already know who I'm going to say, but it's Paramore front, Roman and, front Woman and CEO of her own hair dye line, Good Dye Young, Haley Williams. Now, Paramore fell into my lap in November of 2006, and that was when I was Sam at the Disco, as everybody probably knew me back then, and I was on BuzzNet looking for live videos of my favorite Panic! at the Disco song at the time, Camisado. And Paramore came up with their cover of it because at the end of their song, Here We Go Again, from All We Know Is Falling, Paramore always do like a little cover at the end of the song because Haley just says, here we go again, here we go again, here we go again. And instead they just replace it with something live. Um, currently on their live shows, they do one arm scissor. So that's that. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> Paramore came up. And I took to AIM immediately after I heard that because I saw a girl, you know, singing. And at the time, you know, girls obviously were in bands and all that, but I wasn't really, I never listened to a band with a girl in it that intently before. Like my favorite bands were Story of the Year and Panic at the Disco and Fall Out Boy. You know, I, I listened to just all boy bands essentially like all bands with men in them so when Paramore came up I was like holy shit and I took to AIM and I asked my friend Brooke for music from them I don't know why I assumed that she had them but she did and she gave me four of their um, most popular songs and I told my mom I needed to go to Hot Topic ASAP and buy a shirt from this band which is hysterical and if you know my mom you know that she said okay <laughs> which she did. <laughs> and I still have the receipt from that shirt to this day in my little Paramore box. Um, so anyway, who is Haley? Well, I'm sure you guys all know, or some of you know who Haley Williams is, but let me just give you a little bit of background. Haley was born in Meridian, Mississippi in December of 1988. In 2002, she moved to Nashville. And while there, she met Zach and Josh, who are brothers, who were later in Paramore. I won't read you her Wikipedia profile, and honestly, if I gave you her entire background, this episode would never get done, because I could just go on and on. So why does Haley matter? Well, how doesn't she matter? But Haley has faced sexism in the industry since she was first starting out. I believe she was 15 when the band finally got like some recognition, and they were going on to their labels and all of that. I'll probably link into the show notes um, a little bit about that. 
and the departure from drummer Zach and brother Josh, who was their lead guitarist, was probably the most ugly display of it. Josh wrote the untold story of Paramore and painted Haley to be this girl who just was using the band as a front to be a solo artist. And again, if you know Paramore and if you know Haley, you know that she's always said that the band has always been something that she wants to do. She has donned the Paramore is a band t-shirt on several occasions. They even made it a merch item on, I believe, the Riot or the Final Riot Tour that I have or had somewhere and I gave to Danny actually. So Danny, if you're listening to this, show everybody a picture of that sweatshirt because it's cool. Um, anyway, but Haley has said in an interview before, if I can find it, I will link to it in the show notes, but she said being a solo artist just sounds really lonely to me. You know, to her being in a bus with her bandmates just sounds a lot more fun and that just sounds like a band to her. From when she was little, she always wanted to be in a band. She didn't want to be a solo artist. But Josh said in his statement that Paramore was a manufactured product by a major label due to Haley trying to make people believe that the band started off organically and naturally. And that to this day is still one of the most ridiculous things that I've ever heard. And also one of the most hurtful things that I've ever heard anybody say about, you know, Haley. I know she's gotten a lot of criticism and a lot of stuff thrown at her, but I think that that was the biggest bunch of bullshit that anybody has ever said about her. But Paramore went on MTV The Last Word, and Haley spoke about the things that Josh accused her for, and it was actually finally confirmed after much speculation for years from Paramore fans and non-Paramore fans that Haley and Josh dated, and it may that may have like helped him say a lot of the stuff that he was saying and maybe the breakup you know was a lot of anger built inside of him in the zine can you deal by bleached um they actually have a picture Haley wrote I think two pages it is I don't have it in front of me but I believe it was two pages of just um her life in the music industry and all the sexism and all the nonsense that she's dealt with and then on the last page on the right, I'll probably link to it. I showed it on Twitter and on my Facebook page for the Rebel Hearts podcast. Um, it has like all this stuff on a baby picture of Haley, like the manufactured product of a major label and something about her boobs and just like all in jail bait, but it isn't like all this stuff that's just ridiculous. And, um, I'm really glad that that zine exists and I'm really glad that I finally got it in the mail. I was moving and I couldn't track it down. It got like rerouted a couple times and it was just ridiculous. But anyway, it's in my hands and I love it. And thank you Bleached for that. Um, she, Haley mentions in her um, excerpt from the zine, she says, um, not for the first time, she wants to be a, she wanted to be a boy. And even as going far enough to say, um, not in the zine, but she said it in a interview a couple years ago. She said that she wouldn't even wear chapstick to photo shoots because she just wanted to blend in. And I just think that's ridiculous that we live in a world where people just looked at her like she was a piece of meat because she was a woman in a band and she didn't even want to wear chapstick. So I think that's absolutely ridiculous. And I'm sorry that she had to go through that, but... Now she's finally embracing her femininity that she has said, uh, I think a couple years ago on the um, self-titled tour for their self-titled record that came out in 2012. I think it came out in 2012. I could be wrong. 
but pretty sure 2012, um, on the self-titled tour, she had mentioned that she's finally embracing her femininity and that she's really proud to be a woman. And at the end of it, she says something super powerful in the zine. She said, so ask me what it's like to be a girl in a band. Give me a minute to quiet all the triggered defenseless, defensive thoughts I might have. And when I finally open my mouth, I'll tell you I'm thankful. Josh had accused Haley of taking lines from the Bible and using them poorly with her lyrics from my personal favorite Paramore song, Careful, where she wrote the lyrics, the truth never set me free, so I did it myself, which was really heavy to read because every member of Paramore is a Christian, and for Josh to question her faith and accuse her of poorly representing the Bible was just downright ridiculous, and Haley had mentioned that in the Last Word interview for MTV. Haley is almost, Haley has almost always um, made it a point to make sure people didn't just treat the band like it was her. Um, whenever you hear Paramore, most people that aren't, uh, hardcore fans will always refer to Paramore as her or she. And I think that Haley knows that. And I remember one, um, live show when, um, Aaron Gillespie was playing drums for them. <laughs> the camera guy had it just all eyes on her on the big monitors. She goes, Oh, it's the Haley show. It's all about me. Oh, I didn't know that Paramore was all about me. And he like showed Aaron for a quick second and she's like, Oh, hi, Aaron, you get to be a part of it. Oh, and now it's back to me. And it just obviously really bothers her. Um, I could go on and on about Haley Williams and I'm obviously going to be doing a couple episodes of this podcast. If not, you know, who knows how long I'll be doing it, but, um, just a couple other quick things. Um, the fact that she's a CEO of her own hair dye line is amazing to me because she gets to show up to work meetings in brightly colored hair and sometimes sweatpants and CEOs on the plane of, you know, wherever she's flying to and from are always in business suits and always look at her like, what the fuck is this? But she's a CEO of her own company, so she's right there with you, buddy. And um, I've always felt that way about people in, quote-unquote, the suits um, that I used to refer to as because I just thought it was ridiculous the way that they would look at people with brightly colored hair and just assume that they were either drug dealers or just menaces to society. So um, I really don't have much else to say about Haley in this episode because, like I said, I can go on forever, but she's a really important part of who I am. She's a really big, important part of women who rock the music industry and pretty much own it. She's really just all around just a cool person. She always says that she feels lonely and that she didn't have role models growing up that were her age and that she says Beth, um, Bethany from Best Coast understands her because she's close to her age and that's her best music friend right now. And I love that she finally has somebody to open up to and relate to because I wouldn't imagine what that's what that would feel like to just not have anybody to talk to that was your own age, that was also a woman who was in a band. So she has done so much for me and she's been a great role model for me that I'm glad that she finally has role models to look up to that are around her age because Haley is around my age. Um, that about wraps up episode one. I did mention that I'm going to be playing songs from bands that you guys should listen to. So the song today that I have for you is by the band called Bully. The title of the song is called I Remember. 
Bullies guitarist and lead singer Alicia Bagnano, who founded the Nashville-based band, also wrote for the Can You Deal zine, talking about how men always assume she's not the one doing the sound mixing and engineering of their own records. She says, I am equally capable of engineering a record as any other man of similar practice. Do not undermine my authority by addressing the male assistant engineer with questions that should be directed towards me. You should know that when you do, it is clear you are questioning my ability. You should not only know but understand and believe that I am just as capable and able to get the job done. It is easy not to believe in yourself when you can sense the disbelief in others. Thankfully, I know much better. The album that I remember comes from is called Feels Like, and it came out in June of 2015, and it is available online and on their website that I believe is bullythebandcom Just double-check that on Google. And they currently finished their next record, and I can't wait for it. This has been the Rebel Hearts Podcast. My name is Sam. This has been my first episode. It's a little rocky, but we'll get there. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Rebel Hearts Girl, Facebook.com slash Rebel Hearts, Instagram, Sam is Socks, which is just my regular Instagram. And don't forget to email me if you're interested in being played on the show at rebelheartspodcast at gmail.com. Also email me with suggestions or links or articles about women you think I should talk about. Thanks for listening, and I will see you guys at the front. Here's Bully.